0: Hello, folks, and welcome to Got Your Back, NHL Edition, our last episode before the Christmas break. Mike Johnson standing by as is Pierre Lebrun. Today, we're going to do a little look-see through the Canadian teams. Grades and gifts. What would you grade each Canadian team based on their expectations so far this season? And if you could wrap up a gift and throw it under the tree for them, what would that be? We're going to ask the fellas. As always, Got Your Back NHL Edition brought to you by Kuma Outdoor Gear, where they've got a wide range of gear to fit all of your outdoor needs. From tents and sleeping bags and travel games and pet products, drinkware, they've got their new switchback heated chair as well, powered by Bluetooth technology, has dual heat zones in the seats and the back. It's spectacular. It's got an insulated cup holder on one side for the beers and a wine glass holder on the other. And it's extremely comfortable. Check them out at uh, kumaoutdoorgear.com. As we say hello to Pierre Lebrun and Mike Johnson, who has globe trotted all the way over to Gothenburg, Sweden. Johnny, how was the travel? How was the first class seat? How many movies? Give us the details. What were the meals? Uh, The travel was fine. Smooth. In an
1: unprecedented event, we landed over an hour early. What? I'm like, I don't know what kind of winds were going, sort but it was wind. Yeah. I, apparently, but uh, yeah, no, it was good. It was, we took off yesterday afternoon, flew to Frankfurt, got there early, had a big wait to get to, to Gothenburg. It's kind of, the sun setting right now It's 3 p.m., so the sun sets shortly here as we are quite a bit north, but um, yeah, smooth travel. I did a little bit of work on the plane, then went to sleep after watching a couple uh, episodes of a Netflix series. And then now I'm never quite sure you guys travel overseas. Like I think the idea is to stay awake today, like basically your first day there, try to stay awake the whole day and then go to sleep sort of Mm -hmm. normally. But not surprisingly, I did not last because I got in my room, I got unpacked and I'm like, I need to sleep for an hour before I get up and do some more work. So um, all good. We got a game tomorrow. So we get right to it. Canada, Switzerland in a pre-tournament game, so we'll we'll do that. We'll get be off and running.
2: I I've been to Gothenburg, uh, 2002 Men's World Championship, one of my favorite places I've ever been to. MJ, and now really, I will throw in the caveat that I went to Gothenburg in May of 2002.
0: <laughs> a little different, a little different. Spring, spring was hitting,
2: uh, the patios were open, and uh, just a beautiful, beautiful city as I remember it. But I I take it it might be a little different with. Lots of dark. Yeah, there was snow there.
1: on the ground. Yeah. Kind of slushy, kind of rainy, but it's sunny now. I was here in 04, lockout year. My team, Färjestad, oh, yeah? lost to Frölunda in the final of that of the Swedish playoffs. And Ooh. Henrik Lundqvist's uh, emergence on the global stage was that play- that playoff around where they won.
2: Interesting. What in uh, fact, quick fact, team? In fact, the story goes that you discovered uh, Henrik Lundqvist for the New York Rangers. No, I'm just kidding. That's- no, the story here's the story
1: true story so uh Kevin weeks uh, f- you know colleague of ours at times uh, was the starting goalie for the Rangers and I know weeksy from growing up I saw him at the gym the summer before the next year and we're just shooting the breeze And like how was Sweden whatever and he's like how about that how's that Lundqvist guy look because he knew he was gonna come over he was a seventh round pick and I just said weeksy you're in tr- you're gonna be in for a battle he's really really good <laughs> you so, told you broke
0: the news to him i totally but did He's gonna be he, bad like, buddy really, i'm like uh, gonna he's gonna be bad really
1: really good and he's like all right all right <laughs> the beginning of that, the end uh, uh you know that was uh weeks he's end of the, of the run as a starter in the rangers
0: oh man that's a great story uh talk about team canada real quick here johnny so maybe for those canadians that haven't clicked into Team Canada mode yet. Mm-hmm. Real nice prospect in Macklin Celebrini, potential first overall pick coming up here. Uh, tell us a little bit about him and what kind of role you think he'll play this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think he will be sort of the focal point initially. He's not Connor Bedard. like No one is going to be Connor Bedard, but he's got a chance to do pretty special things on a team that is not maybe quite as dynamic offensively. Now, the guys on the team would say, whoa, 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 we're all really high-end players. We score mm-hmm. a ton wherever we play but you know the idea that they might have to just grind a little bit more uh, a little bit more by committee not so star driven but Celebrini could be the one star to emerge as a real top flight offensive guy they got Matt Potras in from Boston as well who's going to be a a big part of it but they're going to be a different kind of team a bit more physical a little bit bigger some big guys in the back end and then we'll sort of see what and who emerges as the offensive stars, because there's no clear cut guy that you say that guy is going to for sure light it up. They have a whole bunch of players that could we'll have to figure out which ones do.
0: And the U S prohibitive stacked. favorites heading in here or
1: stacked. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Canada's group has Finland and Sweden. And so like, that's a pretty tough group. U S has Czechia, Slovakia, not nearly as, as deep. So I think the U S should roll through the round Robin should be the first seed. And, they have more returning players, so many high-end players. They have seven or eight Boston College Eagles on there, so there's some familiarity. Um, but, yeah, they are immensely talented. Uh, they would be the favorite. And then And then Sweden at home as well. Like You can't mm-hmm. discount what home ice means for this tournament for kids that are you know, 18, 19, 20 years old playing in front of home fans. That could be a difference maker as well.
0: Pierre, you miss your you know, international travel, bud?
2: Oh, no, I... I I enjoyed it big time over the years, but uh, but I had my fill. I'd like to go to Italy for NHL Ooh. players at the Olympics. and, uh, and mm-hmm. here, that's, a, that's what I'd like to do. Mm-hmm. You think our just bosses mention, are listening? Well, I mean, I, I was just going to mention listening MJ break down the World Juniors. I, 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 I've I said this to a lot of the hockey parents in, in my kids' lives. Who, you know, They love talking to World Juniors, TSN. I, I, at the risk of losing my passport, and I don't want to sound like you know, hyperbole here, but, and you guys could agree or disagree, but to be honest, I don't know how the U.S. won't be the, the prohibitive favorite pretty much every year now for quite a while. Like their mm-hmm. centralized program and how they develop elite players, I just think is, is developing an edge on, on Canada. And, you know, it's really going to be about how many can Canada still pluck out of, their, of the grasp of the Americans here over the next 20 years. I'm serious when I say that. I, I hope I'm wrong. You can play the clip in 20 years. But it's certainly how I view right now, uh, you know. And Hokkaido is doing a lot of great things. Don't get me wrong, but I think that centralized, you know, the national program in the U.S. to mm-hmm. me is is is. There's an edge there, in my opinion. Wow, play the clip in
0: 20 years, Johnny. Yeah. We're going to play the clip this afternoon on Twitter. It,
1: there's, yeah, there's no <laughs> question. They, like, Americans churn it out. You look at the Olympic team that could go forward. The American roster is every bit as good as Canada's. You look at this roster. Mm-hmm. But the one thing, and I think even Americans players would say this, is that maybe the older ones, not the junior team here, but like, can't, there's still something about Canada and the pride or something that playing for, sure. for Canada sort of brings out. In the best players in Canada. And I think that is still the advantage Canada would have in the Olympics. That would be the advantage they're trying to foster in this group is that some for some reason history has shown that Canadian players really thrive and 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 take on different roles. And yep. I don't want to say it matters more because that's the disservice to the Americans, but it matters. They they find something. They're Canada is really they're that that intangible that they're Canada. Keeps them, um, even with smaller numbers, as always a favorite.
2: Yeah. And, and I wasn't talking about what I think about if the NHL goes to Italy. I mean, I think I would still pick Canada, even though the U.S. is stacked. I, I just meant the yep. next generations here of, of junior hockey and where this tournament's headed. It's yep. going to be interesting. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Canada versus Finland on Boxing Day is when things kick off. They've got the Swiss tomorrow and the United States, I believe, the day after, Johnny. So a couple pre-tournament games between now and then. And we look forward, as always, to the Christmas tradition on TSN. Okay, guys, let's get to our breakdown brought to you by our good friends at Kuma Outdoor Gear. Today, guys, I want to go round the horn On All Canadian teams. We're going to assign them grades on how they've done so far this season versus expectations. We'll do that at the end of talking about each team, but also if you were to wrap up Christmas gift for each of these teams, what would they be? I'll put that question to you guys and we're going to roll through them by points percentage. So we start with the Vancouver Canucks. What a season so far. 697 points percentage. My, how they have turned this thing around for whatever reason. Three of the top 10 scorers, including the top D-man scorer, JT Miller, Elijah Pettersson, and Quinn Hughes. It's just been a sensational season so far for the Vancouver Canucks, Johnny. And if you think about under their Christmas tree, I'm not sure what you would put other than just a whole bunch more of the same darn thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, package, rinse and repeat, I guess, good health, be able to do it in mm-hmm. the playoffs. Um, yeah. They, they've been incredible, but can't forget Thatcher Damko, which also might be in the running for the Vezina. If we were to Great give point. one out, he yep. probably would be a finalist. So, you know, you're talking about, you got the best defenseman, one of the best goaltenders and, and a couple of the best forwards and they're a really deep team. They're a good team. They made a big deal. They had cap space by manipulating Beauvillier for Zdorov Pierre. Like they're in a good way. Now I don't, think that they're maybe quite as dominant as some of like the points and the point scores are, but they're still really, really good. And they got a goalie who could do big things uh, when they come to the playoffs. So it's been a fantastic start. Uh, Rick Taka deserves a lot of credit, but, you know, just a lot of things going right. And it's good to see that market respond to good hockey again.
2: Yeah, I would give them an A for the grade. And uh, Mm. under the Christmas tree, I would give them health because I think that they can't really afford to lose any of their, I think they're a little top heavy in terms of their reliance with their top players and and really can't afford to lose any of those guys for a while. So knock on wood, I hope health for the Vancouver Canucks the rest of the way. Um, and, And I'll say this about them. Like I know people have been expecting this massive regression or at least some level of regression. And to be honest, there was certainly some regression, but
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, we just talked about, you know, the sport and confidence. It's it's true for any sport and every athlete. But when you're a hockey team that gets off to this kind of start, it has a great a great way of sort of counterbalancing what the numbers say or what should be coming. Rick Tockett has a team that believes right now. And that is gigantic.
0: Mm-hmm. It
2: means that in, in close games, this team feels so differently right now than it did a year ago. And, and you see that. And I think that carries you a long way. I really do. Yeah. They're an A plus Shoggy. I'll give them my grade.
1: And as far as what they're going to be greedy, right? That's what we do at Christmas. Like yes. I'm not getting stuff. I, I need, I'm getting stuff I want. Yes. Um, I think they would probably love to get another defenseman. I know they got the off, but even if sure. they can find one more, one more, one who's impactful uh, for a long playoff run, that would be a nice thing for them to get.
0: Might wrap up a few percentage points on the old penalty kill. Like across the board, they're such a strong team in so many ways. Their penalty kill is 25th in the league right now, 76.5%. And imagine if they kick that up a little bit, uh, that'll make a strong team even stronger. Next at 661 point percentage is the Winnipeg Jets. Seventh overall. They're first in the Central Division, second to Dallas, uh, based on points percentage. They're seven one and one. They've got fifteen points since the start of December, right? They are mm-hmm. the team right now in terms of being super hot over the last uh, last couple of weeks, um, and they're hanging in there without Kyle Connor. They're four one and one without him. You know, their best goal scorer. So, Johnny, in terms of a grade, I imagine this one will be pretty high as well. And and what do you got for a gift? A plus. I mean, really, given where we
1: thought Winnipeg was going to be, remember what we talked about in August before they signed Shifley and Hellebuck? It was going to be like Wheeler's gone and Shifley's gone and Hellebuck's gone, and they have to trade them because they can't let them walk for nothing. And this team is going to completely reboot themselves. And it's gone the other way. I give the team so much credit. Even you know, Rick Bonus took a leave, and Scott Arneil stepped in there and did a fantastic job. Um, They are really playing hard. I think Adam Lowry. It's worth noting how good he has been. Um, yeah. And I guess what you would hope for, for them as a gift would probably be all their best players available to them in the playoffs. You know, they have a whole bunch of good ones, but you know, good health is, is you know, they could use obviously a little bit more depth, whatever it is. But I just think if they have their best players available to them, um, they're not going to be fun to play against, especially if Connor Hellbuck's on his game. So yeah, it would be probably good health for me, Pierre, for Winnipeg would make them uh, pretty happy the rest of the way.
2: Yeah, I'm going to give them an A-plus as well. My gift for them, MJ, would be sellouts the rest of the way in Winnipeg. I mean, oh, let's, right. Let's, yes, good points. Good points. Uh, let's, let's support a team that has been an unbelievable story. And you're right. We, you go back to Nashville, never mind <laughs> August, but I remember being in the draft in June, and <laughs> this isn't – it's not like we were generating this. Other teams were telling us Hellebuck's out there, Shifley's out there, and, and you have this sense of, and Pierre-Luc Dubois asking for a trade, and that did happen, but the patience that the Jets, Kevin Shovel Dayoff, showed as the summer went on to reel Hellebuck and Shifley back in, it's an unreal story. And look at them now. This team did not blow up their roster. They are not rebuilding. They are in it, mm-hmm. and, uh, and it's played out amazingly so far.
0: Yeah, it's really been – I think about these first two teams we've talked about, you think about flipping the script. Like even where Vancouver was not too long ago here, guys, something about Brock Besser. I mean, this player had come off the rails with this player, and there was so much heat around Brock Besser. And you look what he's turned around and what he's done this year. It's about being patient with high-end assets and not letting the moment cause you to make decisions that you know are going to hurt you long-term. So between Winnipeg and Vancouver, those two teams have flipped the script quickly.
2: Can, can we link time. Vancouver? Can we can we link Vancouver, Winnipeg one last way? Yeah, <laughs> in the most traditional way, the goaler for <laughs> both teams. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, for right. sure. You know, we get all deep in our analysis and this and that, but you
1: know, goaltending. Yeah. Well, yeah. to be fair, Hellebuck's been good, but the crazy part is he has better in him. Mm-hmm. Like, right. like, it's not like he's been at yeah. his very very best. Like Demko's been about as good as we can see him be. But I think yeah. Hellebach has more in him. And also, Cole Good. Perfetti is really sort of coming along here now as a player for Winnipeg as well. Another kind of complementary piece that they needed to take steps, and he has.
0: All right, Toronto, eighth overall, 655 points percentage, second in the Atlantic as of our taping here on a Thursday morning. Austin Matthews is on pace for 72 goals in 81 <laughs> is that games. It? That, 25 if... goals in 28 games. Last guy to do that, right? McGill, Nisalani, 92-93. He's got nine goals in his last five games. So, I mean, he's just on a rocket ship here, goal-scoring-wise. That's obviously going to help them. John, uh, Pierre, you can start on the Leafs in terms of a grade and a gift for these guys. Yeah, I'm
2: going to give them uh, a B plus. Maybe that's a bit harsh, but uh, but I think they'd be the first ones to tell you that the record is, is excellent. But... A lot of extra time games and, uh, you know, good for them, finding a way. I I love the way that they found a way with with their blue line issues throughout the year so far. I mean, honestly, defying the criticism there. Um, But I think there's another level for this team to get to. Uh, So I'll give them the V+. And my gift under the tree is Chris Tanev.
0: Oh, yes. That feels fait accompli a little bit.
1: Yeah, right. It might be. Yeah, you we'll know see. what? You say B. Plus, you say B plus is harsh. I give him a B.
0: I mean, okay. honestly, mm. like
1: uh, I think because of how they've played, not necessarily the points they produced, because the points they're good. I mean, they're a right. point, point team. Like that's excellent. You take that before the season started. But how they've played, how they've gotten there, it's not right. been a plus performance. Not been dominant performance. Mm. It's been their best guys have been great. Like give it up for Nylander, Matthews, Marner, Tavares. And Morgan Riley. Morgan Riley well, is having say. one of the, his best seasons in a long, long time. He's been so good for them. I give him a B because they, I think they they haven't played quite as well as they have uh, resulted. The way I'd say it. And what I I would give them? Yeah, I would give them an an impact second pair defenseman. Impact second pair defenseman. Not a not a, not a good defenseman who could play on the third pair. They need a top four legit. And maybe it's Chris Tanev for Pierre. Maybe it's somebody else, but they
0: need that guy and they need him badly. Do you think yeah. Santa can fit any cap space down the chimney with him when he comes? Like, can he fit well, 5 to well, $7 well, in cap space with well, him? Well, they got four. The yep. they got, yeah, they got, they got, they got Klingberg's John Klingberg's, Klingberg's salary.
1: Yeah. Right? Yeah. So then who knows what other injuries might, you know, can crop up here and there. But they're, they're going to have four to five plus some salary retained. You can get just about any, you know, most defenders out there that would be out there are not much more than $5 million. One of the other things to watch, not as a gift, is how this goaltending thing sorts out in Toronto. Mm. Because, you know, Jones is almost, well, he is the starter now, randomly, very quickly. Samsonov still sort of struggling along, Wall coming off the injury. That dynamic, I'm not exactly sure how that plays out when Joseph Wall gets back. He'll obviously be back playing, but just, you know, I don't know how that shakes itself out. Does Samsonov find his game? Do they stick with Jones and Wall? Like, I don't know what they do. I, yeah. I don't know what they do there.
0: I, so I maybe mean, that's the you know, gift—is the stability and nut. Like, like, what if uh, I'm going
2: to get radioed here? What if Martin Jones just continues to be the steady force, and yet you got to give Joseph Wall when he's back, whenever that is in February or whatever, the chance to reclaim his number one role? No. What if you give Samson to off, Wall. The odd man out. No. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. If, and that could happen. That yeah. could happen in theory. Yes. That's that could crazy. theory, which would be unusual. Now remember, Toronto has no commitment to Samson off beyond this year. So they can do it. You know, they don't mm. have to worry about long-term ramifications because it's just a one-year contract.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. The Montreal Canadiens, 516 points percentage. The fact, fourth, Shoggy, the fact
1: that they're fourth, Shaggy. The fact that they're fourth by pair, like, hey. on
0: outrageous. Yeah. I know. Well, yeah. maybe that's more of an indictment on, uh, on the, yes. la- the next three we're going to talk about. Yeah. Certainly one of them that's for sure 21st overall sixth in the wild card race in the east on the path to respectability eventually down the road Johnny mm-hmm. uh where's the grade at and what's the gift I gotta give them
1: a b plus because they are doing so well they've like they, you know, I think everyone had them bottom five in the league they're gonna be probably around 500 they're only a couple points out of the playoffs actually which they're not going to make but you know, they, they, they play hard. The defense core that they were hoping would grow has started to grow. And, you know, King Gouley is a really good player. Um, the goaltenders, all three of them have had moments where they're really good. So they get a, They get like a B, a B plus because they've, they've done a nice job kind of overachieving a little bit. Their gifts. I got two because Montreal, you know, we're going to give two gifts for them. Mm-hmm. First gift is a tidy return for Jake Allen or Caden Primo, but I think it's going to be Jake Allen. Whenever they trade one of their goaltenders, which they're going to do, I think. A good mm-hmm. return for that guy. And the other one, maybe even more importantly, a show of form of what their careers will look like when they are good NHLers for Colt Caulfield and Uri Slewkoffsky at the same time. Explain mm. that one. Well, I mean, I think we know what Colt Caulfield is, right? He's an mm-hmm. elite-level goal scorer. But he hasn't done that this year. It's, it's been a bit of a step back for him. You know, mm-hmm. for Christmas, Ken, the last 40 games of the season, can he play and score at a 40-goal pace and be a dynamic goal-scoring guy? What's that look like out of this team, in this context? We've seen it before, but do it again. And Slavkovsky, he's not going to get all the way there, but let's see something close. Okay, he's supposed to be a power forward-esque, good skater, contributor – point producer, goal score. Like, let's see something closer to what that looks like when they are going to be good. Not all the way there, especially for Slavkowski. He's got a ways to go. But further along, at the same time, because these two guys are their building blocks along with Suzuki up front that they need to see consistent progression from.
2: Yeah, I'm going to give them a B-plus as well, and it's not that I have them where the Leafs are. It's the grading towards expectation of the season, right? So each team I'm grading in their own vacuum. And Montreal, you go back and look at where people picked the Habs in the Atlantic Division. They were picked to be dead last behind Buffalo and Ottawa by everyone. Okay, Mm -hmm. And and this has been as good a year so far, close to Christmas, as the Habs could have ever imagined. Not so much... Only because they're over five hundred and this and that, but because the development of, of you know, the plan that they had for this year, which is to take a step towards more respectability and bring some of these players along, it is happening. Mm-hmm. Not not perfectly evenly, as MJ just talked about, but you understand what's happening here with Marty St. Louis, and and this what this this is what this year was supposed to be about. They had one more year of no one expects us to make the playoffs, but that doesn't mean you just Lay a turkey all year. You have to bring all these guys along, and they're doing that. So, an act, really a fantastic story so far for Montreal. I think, to be honest, I think a dip is coming, but um, but so far so good. And the gift under the tree is for their trade bait players to not be injured when it's time to yeah. really. Yeah. Uh,
0: you know, that's hey, a play
2: You well. can't control. You know, Sean Monahan, pending UFA. Hopefully, he's playing well and 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 isn't hurt and. And MJ mentioned the goalie situation. They will they are listing right now on both Allen and Primo. But uh, but that's the one thing you can't control is if a guy gets hurt closer to March 8th. So help for those guys so they get a decent return.
0: And desperate trade partners, right? There's a lot of people yeah. that need goaltending and a lot of teams talking about that right now. So desperate trade partners might benefit the Montreal Canadians big time. Calgary Flames, 24th overall, 484 points percentage. They're fifth in the wild card race in the West. It's getting difficult to watch this Huberto thing, right? 10.5 million. He's 11th in points on his team. 15 points in 32 games. First of that eight-year contract. Oh, Johnny, it's painful. Mm -hmm. The one thing the Flames are going to be, at least until after the trade deadline, is talked about. They're going to be busy, and they're going to be talked about. So a grade and a gift.
1: Yeah, so I mean, I think grade's probably a C, I mean, it's it's not been – they thought they are going to have a bounce-back year. Markstrom was going to be better. Huberto was going to be better. You know, they would just sort of take last year's team, which wasn't that bad, and be a little bit better and be more competitive. It hasn't gone that way. It's just been a, it's been a slog sort of the whole year, sort of one good game, one bad game, figuring it out. No, they haven't figured it out. So it's just been a little bit too inconsistent for a team that, with the way they're built for sort of competing today, should – not suffer from inconsistencies that way so they they get see it. it's not been great and um their gift would be i guess tan of hanafin and the gift that will keep on giving for whatever they get for those two guys and maybe lynn as well i still say i'll said it before Lindholm to boston makes too much sense for it to not to happen yeah if he doesn't if he doesn't resign in calgary but the biggest gift the whopper if you could get it is like you need You can't exist in the NHL with a guy making $11 million and playing like a $2 million player. I'm not saying Huberto is a $2 million player. He's better than that. He's been better than that. He is better than that. But you can't have a guy get 36 points making $11 million. Can't. can't. Your team can't win that way. So that, their biggest gift, is just for him to find something. Something like he had back in Florida. Something that they were counting on Pierre. If they get that, because they're not going anywhere with him, they got another yeah. decade of this. They got to get it better than it is now.
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm going to give them a C minus, and and boy, uh, was I wrong about them. You know what the Jets have done, which is not blow up their roster and have this mm-hmm. bounce back. I thought that was going to be Calgary. Oh, we didn't trade everyone last summer like everyone thought, and here we go. And I thought, yeah, you know what, running back, and boy, was I wrong. Um, you know, they're okay. It's not like they're. I mean, they, they've had nice stretches this year, but they are what they are at this point, right? I mean, I just, they're not going to be a playoff team. And now you have to ask yourself, should they have moved some of these guys last summer? Because as rentals, are you going to get the same thing in return that you could have got when guys had a year left under a deal? Maybe. I'm not saying they won't, but I think you have to ask the question. Um, So the gift under the tree for me is, and this is kind of a, A weird thing to mention, but I hope for the Flames management that they have a nice spacing of trades before March 8th and don't actually Mm -hmm. show up three days before March 8th and they still have all these guys in their roster
0: Mm -hmm. because
2: that is difficult to navigate. Um, So I, I hope it spaces out well where the bidders are ready and they got the cap room and some of these moves, you know, they have a nice sort of two to three week period leading into March 8th.
0: Go ahead, Johnny, on the trade front with Calgary.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I think
1: I, I I won't criticize them quite as much for not doing it last summer because it bought themselves a chance. Like maybe it did right. work out right, and I don't think they've ruined all the returns. It might have been slightly better, but I'm with you. They got Zadoroff done early, mm-hmm. and feels like Tanev might be not too far behind. Uh, and then you'll see what happens with Lindholm or with with Hannifin, but. Um, I still yeah. think those players are unique and good enough that they should be able to, especially if they get Tanev done early. Then you might have the best rental defenseman and the best rental forward. Teams don't shop for right. both of those things. You, you know, you're gonna, right. you'll have a market for both players, and and you could have you know lots of high picks coming back. So um, I don't think they've completely cornered themselves, even though it is a little bit tricky. And you can't do it all on the same day. You probably want to space it out. Now I would think Tanev, Shoggy goes next.
0: Yeah. Chemistry for Huberto, just somebody that he clicks with, something for something to catch. Ryan, you know? he
1: makes eleven million dollars.
0: I know you got to drive. I know you. You don't say, "Oh,
1: get you get someone to work with me." <laughs> like when a player like me, you don't get eleven million dollars. Say, "Oh, we got to go get Barkoff for him." He's supposed to be the off for somebody else, and he but knows bottom that. Bottom line, Johnny, this.
0: they might they might have given eleven million bucks to a complimentary player. They might have. And not a, not necessarily a top line driver. Those guys still need yeah. someone, you know, some sort of chemistry yep. to click in. But your point is very fair and very well made. At that dollar figure, you got to be the driver. Uh, On to the Edmonton Oilers, four sixty six. Their points mm-hmm. percentage twenty fifth overall. So they win eight in a row, and then they throw up their next three oiler nation guys and i'm in it right i'm living among them it's just like up and down and up and down and all over the darn place right now fourth in the wild card race um so johnny i think i mean we'll our grade your grades i'm sure will probably be pretty similar uh, but grades and a gift here for the edmonton oilers a pre-season stanley cup favorite among many and in particular on this podcast
1: so I'm a bit torn on the grade, Shaggy, because like the idea of process versus results, because even under Woodcroft, results were no good. That's why I got fired. The
0: mm-hmm. process
1: was so much stronger than the results. So I, I want to bury the guys when they were playing relatively well. They just weren't winning You know, mistakes and shooting percentages and goaltending and everything else. So I see plus
0: maybe something like that. Holy smokes. I needed, yeah. I needed you in grade 10 math. Well, you probably did. You would have copied off me, but it would have.
1: <laughs> no, he's it, my teacher.
0: I, no, no. You if you're but, grading like that,
1: no, nah, I just think like you know, prior to the firing, plus. they, they're, they, they were like underlying numbers, one of the stronger teams in the league. Post firing, they went on that great run, and then the last few games, you haven't loved what you've seen there, but um, wildly inconsistent. But yeah, so I gave a a C plus, and um, what they what they need. Under the tree, it's so obvious, but like they need a solution to their goaltending questions. Uh, You know, and and it was Skinner momentarily when when he went on that run with the team. It was supposed to be Campbell coming back, but he sort of stubbed his toe again. Pierre, you know, goaltending is going to be an interesting conversation over the next weeks, months. They'll always be in the thick of it because they got to get something sooner than later if they don't think that Jack Campbell's return is imminent or Skinner is going to be good enough to carry it because they got to, they got to play at a good clip to get back, you know, into the playoffs comfortably. So uh, yeah. Goaltending clarity would be their gift.
2: Yeah. I'd like, I mean, I'd like to chicken out and give them an incomplete on their grade, but I won't do that (laughs) because I won't hear the end of it. So I'm going to give them a D based on the preseason expectations. They're not a D team and that grade is going to change between now and the end of the regular season. But I can't grade them higher. I mean, look where they are. If you would have told me in August that the Oilers had that points percentage, I would have thrown up. I mean, honestly, it's the biggest story in the NHL this year. Again, just based on what we thought this team was universally. Like, so many people, not just media people, but other front offices and other people around the league, what they thought of the Oilers. So, I think they're on their way back despite the current little, um, you know, uh, streak. Um, I, I still think they're going to make the playoffs, but the grade right now before the holiday break is a D for me. Um, the gift under the tree, yes, is is a goalie upgrade. I don't have to detail that MJ just did, but for sure they need they need to find a way. But again, what do you do with Jack Campbell's contract? I mean, it's 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 not a smooth yeah. process. Like, though. do you
1: got to go like super big expensive? Say, okay, we got to trade Jack Campbell to Anaheim. Attach a first rounder to get rid of them and then pay the price for John Gibson. Like I, like there's not a lot of great options obviously right around the league so, because Carolina's shopping for goaltenders. They're a very good team. Jersey's shopping for goaltenders. They're a very good team. Edmonton doing the same and none of them are really finding a marketplace to get a good one at a price that doesn't decimate the teams. So it's, it's, it's going to be a challenge.
0: What if I floated out to you, that there was a, a young 23-year-old American League netminder with a 9.35 save percentage, 2.17 goals against average, roughly ah, 60 games of AHL experience that was floating around out there that you could basically get for nothing just to bring them in and give them a little try, just because you never know, right, when they're not uh, when they're not firing. I'm talking, guys about Olivier Rodrigue he's in their system already he's killing it in the minors this year and I would have said three weeks ago nope like not experienced enough you don't want to bring in a guy that's never done it in the NHL into this situation continue to let him marinate but he continues to win games won another one last night he's 23 Johnny 60 games of experience a second round pick uh I don't know For what Calvin Pickard is there to do right now, why not swap them out and see how Rod handles that secondary role? Yeah.
1: What do you have to lose? Like, I think we know what Pickard is. Is he going to be much, you know, worse than Pickard would be? Probably not. Does he have a chance to be better? Maybe. Maybe he catches lightning in a bottle and becomes one of those, a Binnington call-up or a Matt Murray call Like, one of those guys who just catches it on a good team. Yeah. I would be open to anything if I'm Edmonton. I'm not married yeah. to, to any path that they're on because it's not working.
2: Yeah, the, the only caveat for me would be that I don't want them to come up and, and barely play. Like at yeah. 23, development still has to trump the current crisis. Nah, Pierre. No, Pierre. Uh, no, not this year. Not for the Oilers. Can't Oils. bury your players. Can't bury your players. So if he comes up, he's got to play almost every second game in my mind.
1: Yeah, but like
2: this year for Edmonton's about
1: the year in Edmonton, not about making sure the Bakersfield goalie gets good for three years from now when dry-settle McDavid's contract. Like It's it's about now.
0: Pierre, uh, could you make the argument with a goaltender that for a young guy like Rodriguez who hasn't really had NHL exposure, that even if he comes in and plays one out of every five and is taking NHL-caliber shots every day in practice and working with NHL players every day, there's probably some development that can still happen there, wouldn't you think?
2: Yeah, I, I agree with that you know, soaking in, you know, the environment around him, all these things would nope. be new to him. But I think I'd rather see one in three than one in five.
1: I'll just say this, though, Chuggy: This is only going to be like a six to eight week thing. Then you'll know. Yeah. he he's going to be up to it and, and he'll stay and then he can play more or he's not up to it and he'll be back down to the minors rocking off a 9.30 save percentage again. Like, it's a temporary thing. He'd get his games and you see what he's got. And then if he doesn't have it, then then you continue down the development path, which is important. But you gave it a shot.
0: By the way, Jack Campbell on that same team has played 10 games, 3.46 goals against average, and an 8.88 save percentage. On the same team. On the same team.
1: That's the thing. Same defense, same caliber. That's
0: Also under the tree for the Edmonton Oilers, a top six forward. Uh, Good chance Connor Brown is scratched tonight against uh, the New Jersey Devils. They've auditioned different players in there. It's been a disaster offensively for Brown. Uh, so top six forward definitely on the wish list for the Edmonton Oilers at this point. So you want another
1: one to go along with Hyman, Kane, Nuge, Drysaddle, and and Connor.
0: Okay. Well, okay, yeah, I know. Good. Well, Johnny, do you have to have six top six players on a contending no, team, or are you okay you with not. five? No, I could. Give you go a lot of good teams and.
1: You can find that six guy is like a complimentary player who plays and gets points because he plays those other guys, but he's, you put him on a yeah. different team. Like Arturi Lekin in Montreal was a third liner. Arturi leckin in Colorado is an awesome top six winger.
2: Almost no one has the perfect top six because of the salary cap. I mean, I will tell you right now that under the Christmas tree, the Boston Bruins and the Colorado Avalanche both wouldn't mind adding a top six forward before March eight. Mm-hmm. You know, so this is what it is.
0: Yep. All right, been a tough go for the Edmonton Oilers. D from me. I'm here, I cover the team. I'm dropping a D on them as well. The Ottawa Senators, 407 points percentage, 29th overall. Last in the Eastern Conference, Jacques Martin has taken over. Uh, battling the Oilers for Canada's most disappointing team, though I think the Oilers definitely take it, Johnny. What's the gift and the grade for the Ottawa Senators? All right. So the grade, again, I, you know, based on how they played and what we've seen and
1: the hope that this year would be the year that they change the perception that they can play a more mature winning style of hockey, despite being incredibly talented. It hasn't happened. It hasn't happened. And, you know, I'm not sure they got a coach fired all the chaos in Ottawa from the Pinto thing to the Dadnoff Dorian thing to now they're on the new coach. I, I give them a a D plus because the the process hasn't looked good. The and through no fault of Ann Lauer and Sales, really, you know, the the chaos around the organization hasn't stopped because of a whole bunch of stuff going on. And they're on their second coach. And you start to wonder now, Pierre, if the players that are there that we all think so highly of are, are capable. And somebody asked me this, like, when, when will you be on the players? When they get a second coach and if the same thing happens. So they don't clean up yeah. how they play and change how they play under Jacques Martin. Then it's the players. Then they, they are incapable or unwilling to play the way they need to play. So what will I give yeah. them? You know I'm going to give them under the tree? I'm going to give them, like, for like, can we go for 20 games? The entire roster as it was written down in the summer. Hmm. Everyone healthy, they're, they're big four defensive. All of them playing. Can I get Pinto playing? Can I get Greg in there? Like, give me every player that we were supposed to have for a quarter of the season. See what we look like.
2: I'm going to give them a D. This was supposed to be the take a step year, maybe make the playoffs. And uh, boy, you could sense the, the frustration in that Senators fan base. They've been waiting seven years. And. Um, you know, the, the Christmas gift I think has already arrived. Jacques Martin hopefully is wearing a Santa Claus suit because what they need under the tree is defensive structure. And hopefully he can deliver that for them given his acumen. Um, yeah, they're. I wrote this this week in The Athletic. I mean, the coaching change to me was low hanging fruit. I mean, it's what the fans wanted, and things have become really difficult for DJ Smith for, you almost felt bad for him. So. Steve Steyos would have wanted to wait until the year was over when Smith's deal was had expired, but he sort of got forced to fire him. But what I wrote this week was more revealing of Steve staos and and new ownership will be after checking under the hood of this team for the entire year what they truly feel about this core. That mm-hmm. will be more revealing to me. In other words, are we really buying that all these parts are going to be what everyone has said they're going to be? Yeah, could be and a we'll also find club. out, Shaggy, like, was it DJ
1: or is it the players? Yeah. There's you know, yeah. everyone the idea that low-hanging fruit, coach is not doing a good job, keep more accountable, he doesn't play, he doesn't force them to play with the structure. Well, you got a coach now that does just that. And if it does not click, then I'm with Pierre. Like, then there's, then there's hard questions asked about a team and all of their top young players have signed big, long deals. Like, mm-hmm. all of them. They all have five, mm-hmm. six, seven, eight-year deals because they're, you know, the, the the organization believes in them, you know that, that will be telling. That will be really interesting.
0: Yeah. yeah, it's always tough in the post-mortem after a coaching change. Like, I mean, I look at Edmonton, right? Was that team ready to turn the corner, or did, did they need the coaching change? Because they eventually rattled off eight in a row. So how mm-hmm. much credit does Nablog get? How much criticism does Woodcroft get? It's tough to know, and who is affected by it. Then you look in Vancouver. Basically, in a lot of ways, a similar core group with such tremendously different results. It's... I don't know. I don't know, if it's, I don't know if we ever really do get the answer, Johnny.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I told you that Edmonton was going to start scoring and not because Knobloch taught them how to score, because they're going to start scoring. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and, and talk it, you know, Bruce Boudreaux's a good coach. He didn't have Thatcher Demko. He had, yeah. like, you know, All different right. goaltenders than Demko. So, um, but, but I think for Ottawa specifically, what they're bad at is what good coaches can make you better at. Mm-hmm. And I think this will be, if they don't do it, it's not because the coach wasn't good. It's because the players couldn't do it.
2: In this and by case, the way, for Ottawa. If you want to draw a line between two of the most disappointing teams in the East and two teams that have locked up their young players to long-term deals, Buffalo and Ottawa.
0: Yeah, good point by you. I mean, mm. Such a great young core. Uh, real quick, off script, who's behind the bench game one? For the Ottawa Senators next season. Oh Woo! boy, go go ahead, Pierre. You 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 know the you know the carousel better than I do. Not,
2: I'll just say not Jacques Martin. No, no. Barubby, I don't. I don't think he wants that at seventy-one. Will, will
0: Baruby see the potential there, and he would take it. Hmm. I think he would go for it. I mean, there's
1: only I'll thirty-two say, jobs. J- you're, if you're a coach, you want to coach, right? If you yeah. get offered the job, you're going to yeah. take
2: it. I think Bay is probably the smartest pick potentially, but I'm going to go off the wall here and say Jay Woodcroft based on Steve Staios, um working with them in Edmonton and a young coach to go with a young team. Why not? Interesting.
0: I like it. Yeah,
2: Johnny? He's a good, I, I like Woodcroft's
1: coaching style. Like I know it didn't go well here and he got fired, but like he's a good coach. He's well, a lot you of good did. Good in get- Edmonton
0: you gave his almost last place team a C plus based on the underlying numbers. So obviously uh, <laughs> you didn't mind him so much.
1: <laughs> uh, we all
2: grade differently. It's like an English paper. There's no
1: perfect 100%. paper. It's whatever you interpret it to be.
0: Yeah, but 100%. I'm proud.
2: I'm proud of Shaggy Cause he did not invent a word this week, by the way, someone watched our podcast last week and pointed it out on Twitter. Shoggy. I invented yes. the
0: word. Yeah. Well, you yeah. know why they pointed it out on Twitter because our, our amazing tech, Chris Abunia, turned it into a freaking promo. <laughs> <laughs> what was the word?
2: Dis-something. Uh, I don't know. Dis-happiness?
0: dis-happiness? I think it was dis-happiness, maybe, or something yeah. like that. Dis-happiness. I think it was That's dis-happiness, yes. Awesome. All right. Very quick. <laughs> red card, yellow card, no card. And then we are out of here for the Christmas season. Here we go, gents. And I am not naming names. I'm not shaming anybody. Media Pizza finally returned to the rink here in Edmonton. It was a staple all last year. After the Mm -hmm. first period, fresh pizza sitting there in the press box, right? They know how to keep us happy. Disappeared Mm -hmm. for the start of this year. Finally came back, so everybody was excited. One media member in particular stacked his plate four pieces deep. So, sat there and ate four pieces, proudly, Mm -hmm. no issue, just Mm -hmm. on his plate. And then, as the intermission wound down, keeping an eye on things, keeping an eye on things, surveying, second pass for two more. Six pieces of media pizza in one intermission. Now, he waited to see, and there was nobody else lined up, so it was just sitting there, but a total of six. Johnny, red card, Mm -hmm. yellow card, no card. P? So, that last little
1: nugget you Uh dropped... That's what mm-hmm. makes it no card. If there's wow. enough pizza to take four and everyone yeah. gets as much as they want, then yeah, have at it, have 30 as long as there's enough for everyone. Absolutely no card. Don't I'm like a judge when we're eating four. I can eat four pieces of pizza in a sitting, I got I no can problem too. with that. But I can't I can take too. four in the first round if there's not going to be enough for everyone to get one or two. If someone's gonna well, be left was. out getting a couple, it, so as long as you have enough, then take as much as you want. No card. If there's not enough, Straight red. You don't even get pizza ever again. <laughs> but if there's an unlimited amount of pizza, take as much as you need.
0: I don't know. It's a decorum thing. P, what do What's... you think,
2: Bud? You see, you see at Leaf Games, it's the ice cream that empties out way faster than the than the pizza oh. tray. But um, but <laughs> I, I'm going to give it a yellow because I, I mean, first of all, I hate eating at games. I, I I just it's like eat at home and then go to the game. I, I always feel that way. But to me. Sometimes I, at my days not organized, I will have two slices of pizza at the leap game. And I think two is the decorum max. You know, it's yep. there, but you're, you know, it's, it's not a buffet. Just, just you know, take care of yourself for the rest of the night, but, uh, but limit yourself. That's, that's probably where I'd be. It'd be a different answer if I was home, of course.
0: So what are you saying, yellow card then? You're going yellow yeah. card? Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. going to go yellow card too, just because I think the initial pass of four is aggressive. Hanging around for the extra two, I can kind of get there. Now, one other detail, Johnny, and you'll like this because it more plays to your point. They're slicing them a lot thinner than they did last year. So this year's four might have been last year's three. (laughs) oh man the fact that he can even get four on a
1: plate tells me a lot about the size of the slice
0: (laughs) yeah exactly all right that was red card yellow card no card brought to you by sponsor to be determined sometime in the Mm -hmm. future all right guys thank you so much great job today johnny i know it's tough being away from the family at the world juniors man but we love Mm. this tournament and we're uh, so happy you guys are there doing it so have a blast buddy and it's gonna be great
1: Yeah. Thanks guys. It's uh, getting over here, getting going is always a bit of a grind, but once the tournament starts every year, Canada's winning or not, doesn't matter. This tournament writes itself. There's always amazing moments and amazing stories and athletes we learn about. So yeah, we'll look forward to starting that tomorrow and then really getting going on boxing day. It'll be a lot of fun.
0: Absolutely, Pierre. Uh we'll talk again after the Christmas break. But Merry Christmas to you and yours, my friend. Love doing this podcast with you guys. So have an awesome Christmas, guys. Let's uh get a Christmas miracle or Cowboys Win in Miami on Christmas Eve. Thank you very much, everyone. (laughs) Couldn't couldn't get through one pod. Couldn't get through one pod this year.
1: Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, you and your family. Oh, yeah. Family, yeah. And most importantly, yeah, how about them cowboys?
0: Oh, goodness. We love you, Pete. Merry Christmas, guys. Uh, we'll talk Merry after Christmas, the break. Everybody. Thank you so Good much guys. for your downloads and your subscriptions. Thanks for paying attention pay attention to us here on Got Your Back. And a big uh, thank you, as always, to our title sponsor, Kuma Outdoor Gear. Have a great holiday season with yours, your family, and uh, we'll chat after the break. Cheers.